This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back to another episode of the How To Podcast with Luke and Ben. I am Luke Anderson. Uh, somehow not able to function in the world of Zoom. It is our social influencer, Ben. Ben, what the hell is going on? Uh, I I uh, I'm traveling south as of, as as of this moment, and uh, apparently we're not able to zoom from this location. So right. um, that's where I'm at in the world. But when you say traveling I, south, you start in Salem, Oregon. If you're traveling yeah. south, how far south are you? Roseburg, Medford. You're not as far south as California. We might have to end this right now. Not yet. Oh. So I am sitting in Roseburg okay. at the Fred Meyer. I'm at the Fred Meyer parking lot in Roseburg, and I am headed for uh, San Francisco. I'm going uh, to the Falcons versus 49ers game this weekend. Fantastic! So, that yeah. should be a win. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you guys couldn't handle the hapless Seahawks. Uh, uh, so you're... easy. Oh, hold on, hold on. Now you're, they're not my 49ers. I'm just going to the stadium. So oh, that's right. You're a Colts fan. Race. Yeah, I'm a giant Colts fan. So this is a bucket list thing for me. Okay. That by the time I'm basically dead, I want to have seen and or visited uh, all 32 stadiums. And this is number three. So number three, pretty, okay. Uh, number three. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. That's an excellent segue into what I was thinking we could talk about today, and that is how to 2022. Okay. Well, you're failing at the end of 2021 currently. Uh, uh, with- I I argue. I I, I I contest the point. I well, hey, we've we've point. had we've had seamless Zoom connections. I I do <laughs> I do a few different podcasts, and uh, you have been uh, you've been like right on. We've done a couple in person uh, during mm-hmm. COVID, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then you have been seamless on Zoom. Usually sitting in your home studio with your mic. Now you're just sitting in a mm-hmm. car in the Fred Meyer parking lot. I just see where your priorities are <laughs> for this. Like we had this on on the counter. This wasn't like impromptu. Like oh yeah, no, this was on the counter, and you showed up right on time, so you knew that this was a thing. But oh, you did yeah, not check no, your technology. I, I, for the for the record, I I intended to stop at like this was a planned event for me too, yeah. right? Like even being at this Roseburg Fred Meyer. I knew that this was where I was going to do this. Okay. Like, I, I, I left with this intention. I don't know why Zoom's not working. I could see and hear you fine. Okay, but... if, you, if you were planning things properly, here's what you should have done. <laughs> I 
Here we and go. First, first, of like all, first of all, you tried to do a segue. I do the segues. That's my job. You, you stay away from those. But if you planned it out correctly, you should have called ahead to the Fred Myers and said, hey, I'm a very influential podcaster. I am looking at getting some new equipment. Can you set me up a test studio in your home electronics department? I'll do it live from your Fred Myers. You can be part of the podcast as a uh, product placement. And then they just set up all the equipment, you know, and then people walk by and go, what's that guy doing? Oh, that guy's doing an award-winning podcast right now from there. They just sold out of all of their recording equipment right then and there. They'd have made a ton of money. You're now the new face of Fred Myers. They get rid of those stupid block people that they have. And, and the whole world would have won, but instead you're sitting in the parking lot. Nobody no, even knows you're there except for people that listen to this podcast after it's published and you're long gone. Now you're in Santa Clara uh, watching uh, two mediocre football teams play against each other for what might be a third playoff spot in the NFC. And to this point, everything you said is accurate. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to make sure that's... Uh, so qu- question for you. You said you're gonna tr- you're trying to check off all of the stadiums, all 32. Uh, hopefully, yeah. uh, you and I both have long lives ahead of us. Uh, so Absolutely. you realize that at some point there will be more than 32 stadiums that you'll have to visit. Uh, Santa Clara, the Levi Stadium is a perfect example because I've been to, ooh, I don't know, half a dozen San Francisco 49ers games. I've not been to that stadium. So okay. question is, do I check... 49ers off my list, or now do I have to go to 33 stadiums if I'm doing that? Because I went to the old uh, Candlestick. The, yeah, Candlestick Park. Um, I mean, I totally, like, my goal would be to see every stadium that that's an active NFL yep. franchise stadium. Okay, so that's your list is going to be longer than 32 just by virtue yeah. of new stadiums being built. Absolutely, and I, I accept that premise. Here's the other question, Which I'm though. I'm really okay with, though, because they're all really cool, right? Sure, sure. But here's the other. There's also, if we're doing addition, we're also doing subtraction. Do you need to see both the Chargers and the Rams play at SoFi? Or do you have no. to see either of those teams play at SoFi? For example, the Oregon State Beavers playing uh, this weekend at SoFi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you're trying uh, to hit all the stadiums, see what I'm, see what I'm saying? Your, your math is flawed. Yeah. No, this is fair. Okay. And no, I don't think I don't think that the math is necessarily flawed because my statement was that I wanted to see the 32 stadiums. Yes, and, and being a Colts fan, seeing seeing the the 49ers and Falcons play, I don't care about the teams. I'm going to enjoy the game because I enjoy players, right? Like I also enjoy the skill of uh of Kittle, right? Sure. Or uh or uh Debo Samuel. Yeah. Um you know, I do think that this is going to be Garoppolo's last year there. But we're, yeah. you know, we're not we're not here to talk about football necessarily. I mean, we could talk about George, football. we're talking about we football. Talk about George football. George Kittle is greatness. Uh, I will not deny that, and I am a Seahawks yeah. fan. That guy is a monster, and he's a ton of fun to watch. And going to NFL stadiums, I'm with you. So now I haven't. I, I'll have to count how many I've been to. But the question is, you said you've been to three. Which mm-hmm. three have you been to? So this will be your third. I'm uh, sorry, you said this will be your third. So yeah. you've only been to two. This will be three. Can I can I make my guess? I'm going to say you've been to uh, what is it Lumen Field now, uh, but Seahawks and have you? I assume you've been to Lucas Oil. Yes, those are the two. Okay. Yep. There you go. Those are the two. And the one thing I would like to do too, just as like kind of like a, a cake topper, if it were, sure. I would love to go to the NFL Combine at Lucas Oil. Oh, in, in, interesting. In the off season, I would enjoy 
the event that is the combine. I think that's really cool, actually. So you and like the players, and you'd like them more in their underwear. See, when you go, that's not that's not what was stated. You're watching skill, and they need to be aerodynamic. Like that's like we're just we're 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 crossing we're crossing lines. We're hey, crossing. I, I'm just I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm just trying to place where, where you're at. Uh, so one of the things that I will say, and uh, if if what I heard as far as conversations around this stadium. I don't think it's going to be there much longer. We went to watch a Bears-Lions game. Same thing as you, not a fan of either team, but my wife found insanely cheap tickets to Chicago. My brother loved the 85 Bears, where he still fancies himself a Bears fan, even though he wears Seahawks gear all the time and roots for the Seahawks. Uh, but So my brother and I and our wives, we all went to watch the Lions-Bears at Soldier Field this year. Okay. Soldier Field is insane. So if I don't know how much you know about it, but the original Soldier Field is an old concrete stadium that was built in like the, you know, 1910s or whatever, and it was built for gladiator fights. It was like man wrestles bear in front of 100,000 people in Chicago right on the shores of Lake Michigan. Really cool stadium, but it wasn't ever built for football. So they kind of built another stadium inside of this giant old concrete bowl. So you've got a football, a new, more modern football stadium inside of the old stadium, but they just bought a big piece of land up where the Arlington Park racetrack used to be. So they're going to be building a new stadium in Chicago. I would guess in the next five years, I can't say for sure, uh, but all of the conversation when we were there was about that because they had just bought the property. So all sports talk in all of Chicago was saying that? that they're moving, that the relationship is untenable between them. So... If you're going to make your list from this point on, I would go, what stadiums are the next one to be gone? And I would say Chicago. I think that I think that that's a very solid statement right there. That's what I'm here yeah, for. I like that. I, I like that because that like there are there are those iconic fields that you would want to see, right? Yep. With in particular with the team that is supposed to be on the field. Sure. Like I think like. Okay, like I don't think I'd really like I could go watch the Beavers, you know, in a in a bowl game and see that stadium down in LA. I'm well, good with that. Yeah. I don't have to see the the Chargers or the or the Rams, but going to the state now, but Soldier Field, you want to watch the Bears. Like that's what you're going to go do. Totally. You're going to go watch the Bears at Soldier Field. That's like but I like but what I like about the 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 stadiums is is really the entertainment of what they are, right? The, the the structure of what they are is awesome, um, but they're all just built around entertainment, and I love that idea. Yeah. Like when we went to Lucas Oil, they have the ability. Like they had a full band amphitheater just at this at like the the east end of the field. It's insane. Yeah, it's craziness. Yeah, it's, it's completely massive. wild because I mean the first NFL stadium that I ever went to was the Kingdome. Mm-hmm. And then I've been to the Coliseum, which no longer has a team, the Oakland Coliseum. I mean, I guess they still have the A's, but they are no longer playing football there. Uh, I, I went to old Jack Murphy Stadium in San Diego a uh, hundred years ago uh, when the Chargers used to play there. Um, I've been to, I went to Monster Park, no longer there, or I guess Candlestick Park. So I've been to four now retired NFL stadiums. Also, Arizona, the new stadium in Seattle, Soldier Field. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any more. Uh, I think that's it for NFL stadiums for me. But yeah, so I've only I've only been to three modern stadiums, and I use moderns with air quotes on the uh, on an audio uh, conversation. 
But uh, that one will be rebuilt anyway, so they don't have to go back to Chicago and go to a new one. So it, it's hard to keep up with stadiums. So that was that was my only point is it's it's fun. But baseball stadiums, man, that's another thing that's pretty cool uh, going oh, around yeah, with us. But we, sure. we, we, I've we, only been to one of those, two of those. Which two? Two. Safeco and uh, the original, what was the one, uh, the name of the one for the Cardinals in St. Louis before they built their new one? New one. Oh, Bush. Bush, yeah, yeah, Bush Stadium. Yeah, been to that one. And nice. those, are, but those are the only two two major league games I've ever seen. Yeah, major league so. baseball. I think I, it's kind of same thing though. It's like yeah, you're sitting there for entertainment. Uh, to entertain me, entertain me, folks. Yep. So I've talked to a couple exactly. of people that've been to uh, the new Raiders Stadium, the Allegiant Stadium. Uh, I have a buddy that's been for a concert. I know two people that have gone for football games. It's supposed to be insane. Yeah. So coincidentally, my parents. Uh, went to the Pac-12 championship two weekends ago. Oh, nice. Uh, was at, and down at, at the new Las Vegas Raiders Stadium. I hope they were and rooting for dad, Utah. Uh, I, you know, I don't know who they were. Like, they weren't rooting for Oregon. Okay. I, I believe that. Um, but they, they went. Uh, but they had purchased the tickets before Oregon State and Oregon played to go to gotcha. decide who was going to go um, or potentially go because it was still going to be Washington State yeah, at that yeah. point. But um, they even purchased it before that. And uh, – my dad, all he did was he sent me a, a photo of the of like the in, inside of the stadium. He's like, "This place is insane." Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. all he wrote. I was like, "I bet." Absolutely. Yeah, we went to stadiums. we went to the first NFL game at the Cardinal Stadium in Arizona when they built that thing, and that place yeah. is nuts. But they were also just showing how the technology they put into it. I don't know if you know this about the stadium down there. They've got like a million wheels underneath the field. So it's a grass stadium, but it's in a dome. So the field rolls out. Rolls out, yeah. Into I the sun, and then they that. seed it and water it and do everything there. And then they roll it in when they play the games. It's it's absolutely wild, but they kind of showed the whole video of how they built it and did everything. So they had this big presentation before uh, the thing. So And then one year we won tickets. So we went to a 49ers game. My wife's a 49ers fan, and we used to go – for years, we went to the Seahawks game and the 49ers game uh, in Seattle and in San Francisco. And when we were first married or dating or whatever. And so we did that like, I don't know, three or four years in a row. But one of the games we put in like the visa contest to win uh, field tickets for the last game oh. of the year. And we won them. So we got to sit in the old dugouts at Candlestick on the field watching the Cardinals uh, 49ers final game of the season. It was pretty awesome. That is awesome. Because the old stadium, the funny thing is, as cool as the new stadiums are, it's like just knowing how, I don't want to say terrible the old stadiums were, but how different the old stadiums mm-hmm. were built because they were all multi-use. Candlestick, Kingdom, Coliseum, mm-hmm. uh, Jack Murphy, those were all baseball and football stadiums. So it's funny to see them. But yeah, the old dugout was where the 49ers came through. And they have they still had the dugout, but they took the benches out. And that was our buffet line for our VIP area. Certainly. Well, and I think that even that concept, right, of um, stadiums being multi-use back then, it it speaks more volumes to the concept of, uh, you know, we always say America's pastime is is baseball, right? Well, it's certainly changing. It it changes over time uh, as as NFL became or becomes a more popular sport, or if it is more popular. Does it get more views these days? It probably does. Who's that? NFL? The NFL. Oh, NFL makes right. more money, has more viewers. If you look at like the top yeah. 20 ratings every year for television, 
they're all NFL games. And like every once in a while, something will pop in. Like if there's like a major news event or a political election or something like that, a debate will sneak in there every once in a while. The Oscars might sneak in there sometimes, but that's into the top 20. Like it's like Super Bowl. Then it's the all the playoff games. Then it's you know, but yeah, those broadcasts they division it. division division rival stuff. Yeah, I mean you you get it. Well, and there's there's games like this year's uh, Patriots Buccaneers game or whatever might might oh, yeah. pop up there. But yeah, yeah usually it's all NFL playoff games, and then everything else kind of uh, sneaks in behind that. But yeah, if you get like like if the Cowboys are good, uh, the Cow- a Cowboys game might jump up uh, every once in a while because they have. So many fans, but fans, yeah, yeah. they're yeah, it's America's wild. team. Yeah, well, America's I'm I'm reading team. right now. I'm reading um, Vince Lombardi the the Vince Lombardi biography, and it's mm. just getting into him starting with the Packers. And before that, he was an assistant coach for the Giants. But they talked about the 1959 NFL Championship game between the Giants and the Colts, which to the time was the greatest NFL game ever played. It was the first game that they ever had sudden death overtime and needed it. And so they're just talking about how it get 10 million viewers for that game. And of course the signal went out because the fans got so rowdy that they like kicked over like the, over the, 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 the transmitter the or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So they lost like two and a half minutes at the end of overtime right before the Colts scored like the go ahead touchdown. So yeah, absolute, absolute trip to, um, to kind of go back through NFL history and kind of get uh, a, a beat on what's go- what was going on back then. But yeah, Vince Lombardi uh, going into Green Bay is very interesting. I don't doubt it. Uh, I don't doubt it. I bet that I bet that's a good book, a good read. I bet that's a good one. All right, Ben. So you said that you want to talk yeah. about how to twenty twenty two. What the hell does well, that mean? I keep seeing this meme pop up, and it's like. You know, the the concept is nobody's going to walk into this year, into into 2022, saying that this is my year. We're going to walk in slow. We're going to be quiet. We're not going to touch anything, right? And we're just going to see how it goes. And it's an interesting concept, I think, because I do believe that that concept comes from the idea that the last couple of years have been kind of like, holy crap, what's going on now? Yeah. This last year with the paint shortage and everything else. I I thought, you know, I was like, I was ready to gear up for, you know, a pretty slick year. And then we get hit with paint shortage stuff. And I was like, what is happening? This is insane. Yeah. Well, so so 2020, my, uh, my boss here came in and said, uh, Hey, uh, 2020 is going to be your year. And I know a few people that had that pegged as Mm -hmm. this is going to be my year. And Here's here's the funny thing. So you know, I do I do on air and I do sales here at at Odyssey Portland, and mm-hmm. we had our sales reports, and it's all based on like what your projected quota is, and uh, there, all these like behind the scenes metrics that aren't necessarily just sales volume, but there's a lot of metrics that they do. They call them the metrics that matter, and they had a. Uh, uh, calculation system set up that you were ranked on these metrics and they did it nationwide. And on March 4th, they sent out the first report going, Hey, here's the metrics that we're measuring everything by this year. And here's the rank of the salespeople. And I was number one in the entire company. There's like 700 salespeople. 
and mm-hmm. I was I was number one. And my my market manager, the vice president uh, for Portland, comes over and she's just like, "This is amazing. We're gonna kill it." Da da da. And a week and a half later, they shut down the NBA, and the following Monday, they canceled the world and we thought it was going to be three weeks and we were going to bounce back so i think you're right i think what happened in 2020 was however Mm -hmm. the year started for you wherever you were at the reset button was hit for everybody right across the board but 2020 had a all right if we if we all work together through the Mm -hmm. summer at least we can get through this and it kind of drug on a little bit. Then we got into the election cycle and the year ended on a huge downer because you had the, the spikes, the election, all of that. So we went into 2021 going, well, it can't be worse than it was last year. That was kind of how we walked into 2021, right? Yep, absolutely. And then it was worse. And yep. and I th- I think the reason that this year was so much worse than 2020 is you didn't have that collective uh, yeah. group think where it was like hey we're all in this together where you know we can get through mm-hmm. this if we band together there was some optimism in there what happened I think this year is there was a fracturing of ideologies where if you're not with me you're against me you mentioned the paint shortage but there was I mean, manufacturing shortages oh. a- across the board, uh, service shortages. So people that are even mm-hmm. in, the, in the hospitality industry or in the people business, uh, there's people shortages at all these businesses. There's, you yep. know, people that are, are, are taking too much from, from the, the, the federal government, um, you know, uh, well, and, stimulus and packages. And there's people that are taking too absolutely. little. There's yeah. Well, and then some of those people that were laid off, right. Mm-hmm. What they did was they became independent contractors. They, sure. they went back to work, but they're working for themselves. They started yep. their own little business, and, and they're still doing some of those same functions, but they're doing it in a different capacity. And so these all these companies, they are in a labor shortage, but it's interesting because we get – we get employment, you know, yep. there's, there's, I mean, there's jobs that are being filled constantly. So. But, but you're right. There are, there are jobs being created by it too, that, mm-hmm. that didn't exist. Absolutely. And there's people working in roles that they never thought they would because they were, their hand was forced. So, yeah, yep. I mean, but, but I just, I just think it was a lot of, a Absolutely. lot of people had no choice, but to start to worry about themselves. Mm-hmm. And then, and that was in 2020 and they, you know, the things they never really thought of, like, like nobody, nobody thought that jobs would just completely go away or industries would just completely go away for six, seven, eight months. And Absolutely. then you come back and you just go, all right, well, I have to make something work. And so people were kind of forced to be selfish. And then you roll into 2021 and now everybody's choosing to be selfish because it worked out pretty damn well. Like that's how I survived 2020. <laughs> and and then you add on top of that though, that there are these stimulus checks and there are, there is this quote unquote free money that's out there that people are getting to, to kind of make ends meet. But the problem is if you give somebody, you know, uh, a $600 stimulus check, they're going to use it to, to get by. You give it to somebody else, yep. they're going to use it to buy a season pass and their new job is snowboarding all year. So it's, it's, it's two very different ways to do the same thing. And so what it does is it puts people in these camps where even if they're both right, and, and I think there's always some aspect of that, whatever you do for yourself that gets you by is probably the right choice. 
But if you start looking outward at everybody else and seeing the choices that you make and you see how different than they are than the ones that you've made, then you start getting this huge fraction. I think that's what 2021 was. Yeah. So the question becomes, right, how do we enter 2022? Because I'm an optimistic guy. Sure. Right? Like, that's just what I do. I, I, I can't enter 20. And so for me personally, it's, it's been the ability to, to, to find my peace on my own. Yeah. Right. And I've done that through the meditation side of things. And it's been great. It's been absolutely fantastic. I encourage all to do it. Um, it's been so fun because you just take a few minutes and just breathe, yep. <laughs> just breathe. Cause it, it, you know, so often, right. So often we do look to the future and, and we look at the doom and the gloom of what it could be. And, and it's tough, right? Because, even even a couple of days ago, I had a meeting with Sherwin Williams about um, about paint about paint prices that are going to go up moving into 2022. That's another hard pill to swallow. Yep. You know, nobody wants to do that. Do I understand where it's coming from? Absolutely, absolutely. I understand where it's coming from, and I understand everybody needs to make money. So, um, moving into 22 for me, it's going to be. And this is going to sound that selfish way, but it's going to be self-growth, personal growth, uh, kind of keeping to myself and saying, okay, this is how I want to do it. And if that's okay, and everybody else can go do them too, that's fine. I don't mind it. See, I think think you've hit on the mentality. I mean, I don't think you need to apologize for being selfish. I mean, the first thing you should take care of is yourself. And, you, so, and, yeah. and and then your family. I mean, that's I mean, I think that should be the order. Right. And and I think a lot of there's there's a lot of people that especially in earlier generations sacrifice themselves for their family, which, you know, the more and more you read about it, the, the more it's proven to be a mistake, because if you're healthy and you're available and you're happy, you're going to be a better parent, a better brother, a brother, better sister, mm-hmm. a better mom, uh, you know, kid, a better whatever. Friend. So take care Friend. of yourself. And, and then you can be all the things that you need to be for your family. So that should Absolutely. be the first thing. I, I don't think the problem, and I know I use the word selfish, and I don't think the problem was that people had to be selfish. I think the problem in 2021 was everybody was worried about what everybody else was doing. So, oh, okay. you know what I mean? Like, and, and we can go back and listen to this and I may have misspoke, but, but I think the, I think the bigger problem and I think the, the solution to 2021 is go into 2022 with that attitude going, all right, I kind of know what I need to do to take care of myself. If I survived the last two years, I'm going to do that. If everybody's a little bit more worried about themselves and a little less worried about everybody else, I think that's where the benefit will will start to show of of going through a global crisis together. Like mm-hmm. if you if you don't have turmoil, if you don't have ups and downs, I, I say this all the time to my wife. You know about our kids. It's like if we were perfect parents, we would be doing our kids a disservice because they'd never have to get through any adversity, and then they go out into the real world and they're screwed. So I think you have to go through through some adversity and you have to go through it. And the, the the idea that we all went through the same thing the last two years is misguided. Yes, we mm-hmm. the the source of of most people's problems and challenges over the last years were caused by the same thing. thing. Yep. But the challenges were completely different. The painting industry is completely different than the radio industry, which is completely different than, you know, restaurants or NASA or whoever, right? 
It's absolutely it, healthcare. I mean, across yeah. the board, right? Uh, yeah, anybody, you pick any industry. Everybody faced challenges, and some industries that were in a boom cycle because of it are going to end up having to, you know, deal with repercussions down the road. So even boom businesses, uh, you know, like uh, uh, alcohol is a perfect example where, you know, at the at the beginning of the pandemic, they lost almost all of their revenue from restaurants and bars. But people mm-hmm. started going to grocery stores and buying a lot more. So in that industry right there, you saw boom and bust where half of their mm-hmm. business, which is the the face-to-face side of it, where the relationships between the distributors and the manufacturers and the restaurants, those are a lot more tangible than the ones between the customer that ends up going to you know buy a 30-pack in the grocery store. Those are a lot more transactional versus having you know that actual – like, like, hey, you know, it would be great for this coming weekend is we'd love to be on draft at your bar because we've got the Super Bowl coming up. That's a little bit more personal. At the grocery stores, you always want to be in there. But an industry like that where it's boom and bust at the exact same time is wild to think about. So Certainly. So, so now Certainly. if we can all just get over the, well, you know, the – the, the bunch of freeloaders that are doing this or the people that are making it difficult for, you know, the, the out of work or or the this faction is making it more difficult for that. And, and it would be a lot easier if everybody would just do that. Screw that. Just figure out what's right for you. Put yourself Absolutely. on the right path to happiness. Stop worrying about what your neighbors are doing, what your your friends and family are doing. Man, take care of yourself so you can take care of others. That should be the, the mantra for 2022. I like that on that. And, and, and let's continue. So then for me, right. When we talk about that idea of, of taking care of ourselves, I always look to goals, right? Like I, I, this is that time of year, uh, you know, right at the end of this, the painting season in the fall, moving into the winter. Um, and then by the time we get to February, and I know you know this about me because we've done work business stuff for a couple of years now, you know, that this is how I operate. So it's how I create my budgets, how everything works. Right. So I'm in this process right now of going through my goal setting for 22, right. Where these are the things I want to accomplish. Now there's business things I want to accomplish. Of course, there's personal growth items that I want to accomplish. And for me in particular, and I don't know if it's like this for everybody, but a lot, and maybe it's just because I've done this social media thing and and that's, you know, the, the box that is, kind of wrapped up in it but a lot of my personal growth things are starting to merge with business right Mm, yeah and and that and when i speak to that i'm going to start talking about that foundation you know where i truly get happiness my true happiness comes from the service of others right we're doing service for others so for for 22 one of my goals is is to to affect other people in a positive way through service. And I've got a handful of things that, you know, we're going to try and, and test and, and go through those things. And it's fun to go through them and digest them and brainstorm them. But I also, you know, continue to remind myself that you got to give yourself grace because we don't know what's coming in 22 don't sit there and tell yourself that all of these things have to happen. These things might change, yep. you know, uh, t- two, three months from now, the, the, the game could change. We need to, to readjust those things and that's okay. Don't like, I think so often we use January 1st, you know, to create our resolutions. I, it's just silly. Like yep. I, I always find that part silly because you're going to change throughout the year. 
to set a resolution is sometimes an unrealistic goal, right? It, it's just, it's not, it's not the step that necessarily needs to be taken. It's the mentality. Maybe it might be the mentality that needs to be taken, but the goal seems to sometimes be misguided around that. So for me though, it, the, the, the work and personal goals um, are being set and I like writing them down, but I also find that I find, I have these ones that I don't always write down and they're just always, in my space. There are things that I think about that I want to do. You know, yeah. does that make sense? It, it, do you, it like, does. Does but, anybody do that? Well, yeah, I think everybody does that where the, the things that linger, but sometimes there's just that experience of just putting them down on paper that mm-hmm. makes them real. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of takes away some of the whimsy of it too. So it's like, it's almost like you, you, you like having them hang there. Like mm-hmm. I get this right, where where the idea pops in your head and you just kind of let it float. But the problem is those eventually kind of dissolve away, and maybe they'll come back and hit you again. But the ones that you write down, it's it's funny because you don't necessarily, at least for me, like putting together the the smart goal, the you know the specific, measurable, uh, attributable, whatever the the acronym mm-hmm. is, putting those down is very different than I don't I don't like resolutions either. I guess that's not right the, the right thing. But it's going going here is where I would like to end up and and putting that just just an end goal and go I don't know how I'm going to get there, but this is what I want to do. I mean, you talk about that foundation, you want to give back to the community that's helped you build your business. And and mm-hmm. that to me is is always one of those goals. But writing down the steps to get there. Have you ever put a foundation together? No, right? And, yeah. And yeah, I, exactly. So no. it's it's writing down the, 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 so often the mistake that we make, and I've made this a million times and I do, I still make it today. So, uh, you know, having this conversation is, is, is helpful, but putting down the first step to get to something that is a mile away is like, is like start taking the first step in a journey that you don't know where you're going. It's, you know, it's like, it's like, all right, like you're driving to San Francisco right now without a map. How the hell do you know you're going to get there? And if you've never been before, like if you just know that it's South, it's, it's very different than having like those step-by-step instructions. But so rarely do we actually have without getting help, the actual instructions to get there. And we ask Google now, or we consult a map that's help. So, you know, the, the idea that we can just go blind and go, oh, I know it's south. Good luck getting to San Francisco. That's a Lewis and Clark version of, of going west. You know, that's the Absolutely. like, I don't know what's out there, but we're just going to walk until we run into, you know, a mountain that's too big or an ocean that's too deep. And that's that's our goal. So you have a general idea of where you're going, but that's how we are with these things. So the thing is, figure out where you want to get to. And figure out who can help you along the way instead of going, all right, well, I think this is the first step that I need to me. make. And and sure. that's where I, I've, I've always had a hard time asking for help, but that's, that's always one of my, one of, it's not even a goal necessarily. It's kind of a mantra for this year. It's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I ask for help quicker and fail faster Absolutely. and then figure out fail where I need to get, get to. to. So those, those Absolutely. are, those are the things for me is just going, all right, what's. What's my mentality shift for this year? So, and I've already said it, going into 2022, I'm going to worry about less people, worry about other people less often. That's, that's the number one thing. I'm going to, I'm going to focus on, on stuff that I can control, which is, which is you, right? You can control what you do and how you act and how you behave in certain situations. So number one, worry about other people less. 
Number two is ask for help more often and then fail faster. I think those are my three, and I haven't written them down yet, but now that we've had this conversation, I feel like I have to. I, I think that those are good ones too. And for and so, and I'm going to build on what you're talking about with the, with the, the concept of support, right? Yeah. Um, I think so often, um, so often we get afraid to ask for the help that might be required, yep. and we use that as as a shield to us taking a better step forward. Meaning that the, the, the fear we have of what that person might be able to do for us is actually an inhibitor in our ego to say, I don't want to do that because it's, it's, it's the unknown, right? I don't know what will come after that. And I will, I will go back to this over and over again, and I use this example often. I have a CPA, and her name uh, is, is Christy. She's an awesome human being. Uh, we work very well together. She, we've never met physically in, in person because she is on the East Coast. And um, without her in, in this entire last two years, I'm going to say all two years, okay. I, would not, I would not be where I'm at without her very specific support. And I mean going through the COVID stuff, right, yep. running a business in the pandemic, like there, if, if I didn't know kind of what was coming or how to digest the federal jargon that was coming out around, you know, the, the, the opportunities for, for businesses and, and the help that was going to be provided, I don't believe that box painting survives 2020. I think that we have a much harder year. And then moving into 2021, it was, I knew that I wanted to grow and that's what I took to Christie. Right. I, I took that concept to Christie and said, this is what I want to do. I need you to tell me if I'm how to, how to start facilitating that. Right. Um, and so much of it has been like her, just her and I working through these things, but it's been a really neat experience. And, and then as a, along the way, along the way, you start picking up other people that are going to help you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, I think so often human beings, we will look at other people that critique us as a negative and we shy away from, from those people as opportunities to help us grow. If people are delivering uh, constructive criticism to you in a respectful way, I, I would take that advice all the time. And, yeah. and being able to recognize it is so, so, um, can get so shadowed, I guess is the word I'm going to use, but you just, you lose sight of it because your ego steps in front and says, well, I need to be defensive and, and X, Y, and Z, but we have, you know, th- there's, there's things that I didn't do right business-wise in the last couple of years, and we could have done things better and, and being able to suck that up and be okay with it and say, okay, this is what I need to change them. That's a positive thing. You're not gonna. You're not going to have success at every step. There will be missteps that happen, and that's okay. But surround yourself with the support, and then tell those people what you're doing. Yep. Tell those people your plan, because they're the ones that are gonna hold you accountable and say, "So how far along are you on this?" Right? Yep. Like that. They're gonna be the ones that ask you those questions down the road, and you're gonna like. I believe in the concept that they're gonna be that conscience that's going to force you to answer to yourself what you wanted to get done now, right? We can, it's, it's big talk right now to say what I want to do in 22, right? 
but those are those people down the road are going to be the ones that are going to help you uh, facilitate that. So I agree with you, uh, yeah. Luke. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Well, I think absolutely so often we, we, we get these cliff notes versions of, of achievements, right? Where mm-hmm. more and more and more, and this is, this is the, one of the fundamental things that bothers me about uh, social media is you get these tiny little clips and if they're just for entertainment, that's perfectly fine. Like if you can entertain me in 10 seconds versus two minutes, then sure, you've saved me some time. And I get a smile, whatever. But the problem is that media outlets and, um, and journalism is now distilled down to a headline or, you know, just a, just a 10 second clip of telling you what happened. And this is something that's been going on forever. It's, you know, it's movies are shorter than books and, and, uh, you know, pamphlets are shorter than, uh, brochures or whatever. And you, you just, you just shrink down the amount of information that you get. But I think one of the first things that we do is we just distill it down to these great achievements that people have. And the first thing you trim away is all of the people that helped somebody get to it, right? Like, you know, pick pick, sure. pick your favorite, you know, Peyton Manning is your favorite quarterback, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, look at all the help that that guy got from the day that his, he was born. His dad, absolutely. first of all, his dad was an NFL quarterback. <laughs> so right there, like he's already leaps and bounds ahead of you or I to be professional quarterback. And then Absolutely. you think of all of the resources that were lent to it, having brothers that played the sport growing up and doing all that. And then, you know, you go back and look at the coaches that he had playing with Tony Dungy, doing all of that. But if you just if if you just take the Cliff Notes version of that, you look at his statistics and go, this is what Peyton Manning did. Oh, my God, he was the greatest. And then we forget about, you know, oh, yeah, there was there was an offensive line in front of him. He had some pretty damn good wide receivers. They had a decent running game. When they won the Super Bowl, how good was the defense? So I think sports is an easy metaphor to look at it. But but this is what we do is is we, we go and we argue who was the GOAT. Mm-hmm. Who was the greatest of all time? Not who was put in the best situation of all time. Not who had the best support system around them the whole time. We go, who was the greatest? So then you get all these Cliff Notes versions of greatness around you, and you just have these people who are great. Then you hold yourself to some ridiculous standard that doesn't exist, where if I go out and play high school wide receiver and I'm not Jerry Rice, then all of a sudden I'm a failure at what I did. So you talk about the ego, but, man, we beat ourselves up so much comparing ourselves to people that don't exist. You know, you look at, look at the most successful person, person in your industry and just go, all right, how do I get to be that person? And if I don't, then I failed. And we, we build these, these straw men that we have to, you know, get to, or we create these resolutions where we go, all right, what's the perfect version of myself? And then you somehow compete against that. Who's completely artificial. You go, all right, I'm going to lose 20 pounds and I'm going to run a marathon and I'm going to make, you know, an extra $50,000 this year. And then you get to March and you're like, oh, I've actually gained weight and I still haven't run anywhere yet. And I lost an account and now I'm, I'm, you know, struggling with that. And then you very quickly just go, I'm never going to be the person that I want to be where the real goal should be to create a more resilient self and where you get to that point and you just go, all right, perfect. Good thing I did all that prep for when the cards are down where now I can get up and actually go and kick a little bit of ass. Absolutely. Jeez, this is very yeah, no. self-helpy, Ben. It is. It's, we're, 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 it, it, I, I think it's a good note to close on for, for – 
for the end end of your podcast, though. I think it's a solid a solid conversation all the way around. Well, fantastic. Well, I, I will tell you, uh, you know, we don't need to get into the details, but uh, you and I have had some conversations about 2022 that I'm excited about. So I'm excited for everything that you have going on. Uh, you know, just looking forward, uh, the family and the and the the kids getting another year older is always a great way, a great measuring stick as a parent to look into next year. So uh, I, I know both professionally and personally, you've got some things to look forward to. So I will end this by saying I wish you the very best 2022 that you can possibly have, my friend. And uh, I look forward to continuing this uh, this podcast and uh, our friendship. Yeah, no, absolutely, Luca. It's you know this this year, these well, just the last two years that we've known each other. Um, it, it's 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 been a lot of fun. It's a neat uh, a neat uh, business relationship and friendship that that's just kind of just just through likeness. You know what I yep. mean? Even I mean, so like, well, you know, I, I think I've told you this. I, I sitting with an individual that did sales for uh for digital media companies was not uncommon for me two three years ago there were multiple outlets that attempted to sit with me but when i met with you there was just that like i can chat with this guy you know what i mean it was (laughs) it was always it was always i could just have a conversation with you and it never felt um like a presentation i guess is the way the way i would say it so no, I think the, the, the in what we're going to ha- do having fun going forward is just I'm so excited about. Um, yeah, podcast will continue, and we're going to have some fun this year. There's no doubt about it. All so, right. I'm excited. I well, fantastic. You, I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody listening to this podcast. If you want more, there are more how-to podcasts. Uh, just go on to Odyssey or uh, app or odyssey.com, and you can find more episodes of it. We'll continue to make new uh, at minimum once a month. Um, and we'll see if that uh, either uh, expands or contracts uh, depending on uh, the, the occasions that come up. But I know there's good things ahead. Um, so be sure to listen to those. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a wonderful 2022. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.